Um, so we had started to write the what was going to be the Massacre album in uh, the fall of 2019. And uh, the guys loved the songs. And they said, yep, keep going, keep writing, you know, finish the record. So I think we did about, we did 13 songs and uh, recorded all the drums, recorded all the guitars. Well, everything. Well, just, just our parts. And right, then yeah. uh, we actually, after we did the drums, uh, we went and watched Power Trip the day after the recording, and we were both so amped to see them. Yeah. They were on such a killer show that uh, the next day, we still had the drums set up at our studio here. And uh, Jeremy was like, I think I'm going to write one more song, maybe just on drums first. So yeah. he just busted out the drums for uh, what became Tyrantula. And then uh, I wrote riffs around that. And then... Uh, so that was totally influenced by uh, Power Trip's... Uh you know, macho, they're, they're yeah. Machito, uh, what they had, you know, I mean, they still have it, no doubt, you know, just rest. Yeah, in just, peace, I was going to say rest in peace, Riley, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, basically flash fast forward about a year and uh, nothing really happened with the other guys in massacre and it became a nasty situation. So we had to leave the band and mm -hmm. we're like, well, these songs are kick ass. So we should still do something with them. And, uh, and we started talking to uh, Terry. He's known Terry for 15 years or so. so yeah, uh, so I was just chatting with him. Of course, like whenever you you leave a scenario, like if other people have been through something similar, you compare notes, you know, is what I've been calling it. Uh, right. So we uh, we compared notes, notes about our ex and it was like, it was sort of like trading cards and it was like, <laughs> did you have any right. of these? And it was right. like, oh, I had a couple of these. I got doubles, like, right. Who was like, I'm glad I didn't have any of those. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, you know, we just chatted about that at first. And then uh, I was like, hey, do you want to hear some of these tunes? And Terry was like, fuck yeah, man, blast them on over. And he heard it was like, God, dude, these are fucking awesome. And it was like, oh, wow. I'm glad you dig it. Um, right. Then I've been calling it like a like a 400 yard Hail Mary I threw over towards Terry Butler. I'm like, I'm like, would you want to maybe play bass on this stuff? And he was like, dude, I'd be honored. He's like, I, I'd be a fool if I didn't, which was his exact words. So nice. um, then he decided that, uh, you know, in a group scenario, us three, we decided that really let's just do it as a band. You know, he was like, I want to do this as a band, you know? So we were like, well, let's do this as a band. Right. Taylor and I had already come up with Inhuman Condition. Uh, we thought that it was a great name for death metal, for a death metal band anyways. Right. And then we also thought, man, we don't want any confusion. We don't want people to be like, oh, they're a tribute band to an OSDM. But we wanted them to go like, oh, this is Massacre. But we wrote it for Massacre. We wanted them we wanted it to be a clear cut road, you know, even still for some people, they don't get it, but right. I mean, rock and fucking roll. I mean, yeah, whatever. whatever, you don't get it. You don't get it, but yeah. yeah. But this was written to be, so we wanted to, uh, we went in that direction and then man, it's been a cyclone ever since. <laughs> so most crazy. of it was, or a part of it was written before the whole lockdown bullshit, but then how did you guys manage it? getting everything else together during the pandemic or was Florida always open and it was no big deal. Yeah. We're kind of like cowboys down here, man. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, we don't have to say that out loud to know that that's a fact, but right. uh, you know, our, our governor DeSantis did not want us closed as much as possible, which we're, we are where we're at. So right. um, 
we were we were really safe anyways and we really took great precautions uh we wore our masks uh religiously and we we quarantined and you know um we did all of that stuff so when terry came up um he he just tracked all of his bass here at our studio and then uh Ross had come over and tracked some solos. One of his solos made the record and that's on Tyrantula. But um, on our next record, we're going to release the other five songs that we have on there. And that'll feature two more of Ross's solos. So he played on three songs total. So you've already got a whole nother record written? Oh, dude, we had written that November, 9th, uh, November 2019. We had that all totally done and uh, recorded on drums and guitars was super done. So it's... Uh, so what's it what's it like then having these things finally come to life or what a year and a half later two years later almost oh man it's magnificent it's amazing <laughs> uh, we're we loved these things and we put a lot of time and energy into it and uh and by these things i mean we love these songs we really right. like so to have them come to fruition and come out to the limelight is a uh, great man you know <laughs> it's great it was like right. it was like a pregnancy almost and then the baby's almost out Right. And then transfer it to a different womb. Yeah. yeah. And then it finally comes and out. And then you got to let it go and, and just. Yeah. Does it make you feel vulnerable or anticipatory letting it go after all that time? Like wondering what the results are going to be? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, we release a lot of music, though. So yeah. um, as, a, as a team, you know, him and I. Um, right. Not that it doesn't matter, not that our music doesn't matter to be out there, but, uh, you know, I was, I was really curious how folks were going to take it. I was, me in particular, I was like, I don't know, man, you know, I didn't know if we're going to be slagged as of this or, you know, or, you know, I, hell, you have no idea how people are going to receive it, but it yeah, went, I guess really I expected well. more backlash, to be honest. Really? Just given the whole massacre drama. Yeah, I, I kind of expected stuff. a bit more too. But I feel like you guys have some sort of reputation and some sort of, you know, sta long standing, not just like, hey, this is my first record away from massacre or anything else. I mean, you've done a lot of shit. Mm. So you should have some sort of pedigree, right? Yeah. And, you know, we're really fortunate that that panned out. <laughs> you yeah. Know? We're really fortunate. And, you know, in the end, I've been saying this and I'm like, this is just a good story. I mean, if if for nothing else, it's a bit of a story and it's like something that people can get behind and write about or like talk about or discuss and have opinions. And it's all public. Right. It's all very public. You know, I mean, when we joined Massacre at the uh, at the head of it, um, I had a lot of people reach out to me and give me like like personal friends of mine in the industry or gave me lots of warnings and were like wow dude uh bold move nice <laughs> i'm right. happy for you but bold move dude right. and uh you know so the story kind of writes itself you know and here we are uh, we're couldn't be more thankful that it worked out the way it did it's it's a much better environment so. that's great so when you guys are writing Rat God, is there anything you want your fans to take away from? Is there a, a message or some sort of, I guess, takeaway after listening to an in, inhuman condition record or Rat God in specifically? Mm, I don't know if there was any, at least for me personally, I don't think there was anything in particular. I mean, when I listen to death metal, I just want to have a good time. After, the, after time. the record's done, I just want to be like, yes, awesome. <laughs> so I guess... Yeah. If it, you know, gets somebody pumped up, if it gets somebody out of a depression hole, if it gets somebody out of a bad headspace, or if it makes you want to go pump iron and right. mow the lawn three times in a row, you know, I guess those are all 
So I know death metal and extreme metal does that. It gets into people's heads and helps them out of things. But when you're writing it, do you find it cathartic at all? Or are you just writing it? Uh, me personally, I do. Yeah, I me personally I have too. A, yeah. I have such a good time writing riffs. I think that's like the most fun thing to ever do. So I had a lot of fun writing these lyrics too. It was like uh, I wrote half the record and Taylor wrote half the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who aren't aware. And then we had a guest writer for the ninth song, and that would be uh, Paul from Cannibal Corpse, the drummer. We thought it'd be really fun to have a, uh, you know, be able to like be in Cannibal Corpse for a second. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was no, like, those are Florida guys too, right? You guys are all Florida yeah, guys. Yeah, we're all, we're all homies, man. We're all down here and just, you know, connected and, and buds. So, uh, so for me, writing was, it was pretty cool. You know, I mean, I got to pen a lot of like, frustration and anger i mean i got asked uh, a long time ago by a band member an ex-band member of mine and they were like are you tired of playing death metal and it's like don't you think it's stupid and i'm like no not me personally i mean i hear that you do i can hear it in your question you're asking that's cool just Uh, change the channel yeah it's it's not a it's not a trend for me i still love it the same way i mean shit we were overpainting a, I have a rental property and we were overpainting the whole entire, the inside of it to sell. And while we were there, we were blasting fucking suffocation, uh, all of once upon the cross and, you know, pissing the neighbors off. And right. So I'm almost 40 and I still enjoy doing that same exact shit. So, uh, so to be able to write some of this stuff and get frustrations out was great. And then now moreover, now I can fucking yell it into a microphone and people have to listen to me because it's hell yeah. microphone. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) I think once it gets into your blood, though, I mean, once you get it and not everybody does, but once you do, if you do, it's it stays with you. I don't know that you sort of outgrow it because it just becomes a a part of you, I think. More specifically, extreme metal or, you know, or that kind of more so than like pop or country or anything else. This stuff gets in you and the community. Right. There's a whole community inside it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's kind of like a like a healthy drug culture. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very, very addictive. Everybody gets together and yeah. all just Let's takes do, it in. Let's do drugs. Let's do drugs. But even people like you've <laughs> never met, you bond over a riff at a show, right? I mean, it's like, I don't think you find that in any other music the, scene ev- the, anywhere. The first 70,000 tons, uh, The Absence played that. And I was there. What a, what a trip that was, dude. Yes. It, You're talking about 2011? And we had broke all of the uh, the liquor sales before we left yes, port. Yes, right. And, and dude, do you remember when they opened it up and they're like, they came on the air on Sunday and we're like, hey, we opened up the duty free shop. We have never sold this much alcohol. This is yep. the first one that had to re-up at the port. The first cruise in cruise history. That whole yeah. boat, fucking Mars heard us. We were all cheering oh, yeah. so much, man. But uh, like the thought process back to that is, man, everybody held doors for one another. There was no fights. There was no bullshit. There was no nothing. It was just a floating barge of a community. And uh, man, that made me feel really loved, appreciated, accepted. It was. Oh, yeah. So you're moshing in the pit or everyone's moshing in the pit, but somebody falls down and there's everybody stops, picks them up and then starts again. You're 100 percent right. There were no fights. There was everybody just hanging out. And I don't think you see that anywhere else. You're not going to find that on a you know, a Taylor Swift concert, anything like that. This is, there's something special about death metal or extreme metal that I don't think anybody outside of it ever gets. That's pretty amazing. I'm, I feel fortunate enough to wake up every day and, and put these pants and shirt on and be able to do any of this, let alone all of it. So, you know, here talking with you, Bruce, you know, here hanging out with my amigo, my brother, my fucking 
my left-hand man, uh, Taylor, it's like amazing, you know, oh, yeah. we're, it's fucking lucky, man. We're lucky to be doing this in yeah, the, yeah. in the rift, you know, yeah. releasing rat God and having people give a shit about it. It's like, right. okay. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think so many good death metal bands I mean, I guess we can attribute it to Chuck or whoever you want to, but why do so many bands, death metal bands especially, come from that area? Is it Morris Sound? Is it, I mean, what what do you think is the cause? Is it the water? Because it's, it's just- the sun is so damn hot. Yeah, it's the mugginess. <laughs> I mean, just like black metal you attribute to, you know, Norway or somewhere, you could definitely attribute the good death metal stuff to your area along the I-4 or 75 corridor, right? Yeah, you would think it would be like- uh like surfer metal or something or like beach rock or something. I don't know. I guess maybe it's the humidity and all everybody's, you know, starts off like a poor musician jamming in a hot uh, storage unit. Dude, that's where we like, that's where we cut our teeth, man, in a hot, in a non air conditioned storage unit. Like that's the quintessential Florida band photo is at a damn storage unit. And you're like 112 degrees in there. Yeah. I've lost like I've lost entire uh, you know like leaders out of me just, <laughs> right. just standing, let alone playing. <laughs> right. Are you guys planning on taking uh, Inhuman Condition out on the road at all? Any plans yet, or is it too early? Yep, happening September. Oh, September. Yep, we're doing an East Coast crawl. Uh, Terry so eloquently described it as a uh, the ty- the tarantula is crawling up the East Coast, and it was like nice. gross. Real nasty sound, and you know, because the tarantula. Oh, tarantula! Tarantula, nice. I think it's going to be great because nobody's been to shows, or uh, most people have not been to shows along our corridor. Anyway, I'm on the 95 here in Virginia. It's going to be pretty amazing when you finally get out there and start playing, and people for the first time have seen live music or real good live music in what a year and a half, almost two years. Yeah, man, looking forward to it. We did a. We did a sold out show here at um, with DSI. That was our first show. And uh, Glenn wanted to play some tiny little club, like very tiny club, uh, 150. And mm-hmm. he wanted to do it in our like local area to like have our area like feel like, hey, we're back, you know, or like we're right. we're still alive, you know, right. not we're back. We're still alive. And dude, it sold out in two minutes, which is amazing. People and, are uh, hungry. Man, it was such a good time, dude. The first the first hour was a bit weird because it's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And like, I haven't been around this many people. Right. Uh, but uh, we had our, um, well, I had my uh, vaccination at that point. And then um, it was just kind of starting to roll out then. It was back in April. Um, but everybody was safe and everybody minded their P's and Q's. And there was hand wash, hand sanitizer and everybody, you know, just had a good time and i don't there was no reports of like mass people getting sick right so was it pretty amazing stepping out on stage after being away from it for so long oh yeah yeah like going back to that drug culture thing it was like oh finally fucking dopamine hit right there so no no nerves i mean i was a bit nervous i mean because you're in a different position now too right you're you're in front instead of behind well, I, uh, Taylor and I have a, um, a Swedish, like, sort of like, we call it like, um, it's like a sweet death band. It's kind of like grave worship. We have a band called Gore Gang, and I sing in that band. So we've done some touring uh, with me singing. So I was more nervous just because, uh, I mean, you know, you got Terry over here. You got, uh, you got our buddy Rustin back there. You got Taylor over here. I was like, I don't want to let anybody down. So let's, let's see how it goes. But it was great, man. It was it was pretty amazing. You know, I just had like, I normally get jitters anyway. So yeah, I think it was more of a first 
our, I mean, it was our first show ever. We didn't even release a single yet at that point. So yeah. no one had heard anything except I think a 15 second teaser that we had. So it was, but it was live music and it was good live music. So people were probably going nuts, right? Oh man, that someone had filmed the whole thing from the front row and uh, that ended up getting like 15,000 or 16,000 views post that show, which we were like, dude, we didn't even have, like, again, like he said, we didn't even have any music out. So people were just literally that hungry and like yeah. sponging it up. So really the last, Yeah. The last show I've been on was 70,000 tons in 19, I guess. Right. Cause 20, we were closed. So I haven't yeah. seen anything since January huh. of 19. I'm dying. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we're coming up through Virginia. So uh, we'll see you in September. I hope so. Cause somehow the routing is weird. Everybody's booking shows, but they're not booking Richmond. They're going right around it. Uh, yeah, I know that, uh, we were struggling a bit with Richmond, something, something they were like, um, with this tour. So we ended up having to go to Chesapeake, I think is where we're going in okay. uh, Virginia. Uh, and the reason is that something was up with Richmond. I don't yeah, know, I don't what, know it what it is. Everybody's bypassing it. They're going to either Baltimore or Chesapeake. I think and it's, we got uh, great venues here. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? It might have something to do with, uh, maybe ordinances or, yeah, uh, I don't know, know but red so tape. everybody's seeing shows and I'm watching everybody's pictures, but I haven't gotten to anything yet. So. Oh, man. All right. Well, hopefully soon for you. Yeah, I am coming down to Orlando. I'm going to see. Uh, oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Over, over in, uh, yeah, Judas like Priest that. and uh, I think uh, Sepultura is on that maybe or Soulfly. Or, mm-hmm. Somebody Soulfly, else. Some, yeah. yeah, Soulfly. That'll be pretty good. Killer. Did I miss anything you guys want to cover? Uh, No, I think it was uh, kind of it. Uh, eat your vitamins and uh, eat your Wheaties and, you know. Pick up Rack God. It's out <laughs> now, and we'll see you in September up the East Coast. Up the East Coast. I'm, I'll make the trip to Chesapeake to see it for sure, because that's only about an hour and a half. Love to hang out with okay. you, Bruce. Awesome, man. Thank you for taking the time, my friends. Sorry about the little glitches earlier, but we got it done. And All good. Thanks all for your good. time. Be well. Good luck with the record. Stay safe. Thank you, Cheers. bud. See you. Bye. Hello out there. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you.